Oh, good morning, everybody. How are you doing this morning? All right. You sound a little bit better than the first service. Hey, uh, right on the chair next to you is one of these cards, or maybe under your butt is one of these cards. I'm not sure what you did when you came in here. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to reach to the left, to the, left, to the right, or under you, and grab this card. Ladies, grab, it, grab a few of them and put them in your purse. And guys, grab one or two of them or three of them and stick them in your pocket. Because through this week, if you, if you are serious about this, because you and I are called by God as followers of Christ to impact our world, that means the people that we come in contact with the truth and the love of Jesus Christ. And you will have opportunities this week to simply say to someone, hey, would you want to come to church with me next Sunday? Or how about coming to church with me next Sunday? And if you ask God to give you the opportunities, here's what I know he will do. He will give you the opportunities. And we can be obedient and invite those around us to church. Here's what I'm going to do next week. I'm going to wrap this series up, and I'm going to do it kind of in a different way. I, I'm actually, um, as a matter of fact, this uh, today uh, marks 18 years that Karen and I have been here at Camelback. 18. 18 years. And the two years before we were here, we were so privileged to be a part of a church in Florida. Pastor Tom Mullins, Pastor Christ Fellowship, started Christ Fellowship. We call him coach because he was a college football coach, and God led him to start a church in his living room. Started a church in his living room, and over the course of time, it just grew and grew and grew, and now they have at least a dozen or, or more campuses in South Florida, and about 30,000 people are part of that church. And one of the messages, yeah, give God the praise for that. It's, it is so cool. On the topic of wisdom, one of the messages Coach Tom shared was Grandpa's wisdom, and I just am excited about grabbing his outline and sharing it with you next weekend. You are going to enjoy it. Bring somebody with you as we simply continue in this process of looking at what it means to be wise. That our, our, our subject, our, 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 our verse that we've wrapped this series around is Proverbs 4.7. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And though it costs all that you have, get understanding. The writer of Proverbs, Solomon, who, who Scripture calls, God calls Solomon the wisest man who ever lived. And he looks you and I square in the face, and he says, though it costs all that you have. Make this your number one objective. He doesn't say knowledge. He doesn't say a whole bunch. He doesn't say money. He doesn't say a whole bunch. He, he, he points to wisdom and understanding. You see, if you and I can get better, then everything in our lives gets better. And, and the, the, the more, the more, in every area of our lives, you and I can grow. We, God's design for us is that you and I grow. We grow in our relationship with him. 
we grow in our finances, we grow in our in our relationships, we, we grow in our job, and, and and he's given us for thousands of years, he's preserved not just this entire book, but this this book of Proverbs that Solomon has given to us. God has for thousands of years preserved that wisdom so that you and I can live in the benefit of it. 26 chapters in Proverbs cover the subject of learning. We're going to talk about learning this morning. And actually, 10 chapters in Proverbs start with that topic of learning. Start with being teachable. Proverbs talks about the fool and it talks about the wise. You know the good news? Even if you're a fool, you can become wise by simply reading Proverbs. Everything about God's word for you and for me, everything about this book is so that you and I receive from it. He doesn't want to take any. He wants us to receive from his word. He he, he wants to pour into our lives. Let's talk about the fool first. And if you're taking notes, by the way, everybody, it's, I'm sure it's in Scripture, everybody who takes notes automatically gets to heaven, okay? Automatically get to heaven. So, so you're going to want to take notes this morning. Proverbs 10.8 says this, the wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. It's your choice. You, you get to choose which of these two you are. The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. When I think of this babbling fools thing, there are three, three, three kinds of people that come to mind. And, and, and by the way, it, for this whole series, but especially today, as, you, as, you, as we go through this, don't be thinking about somebody else, okay? Just be thinking about you. Don't, don't think, and, and, and if, if you recognize someone in, in here, don't, don't turn and look at them and smile. Just, just, let's just go through this message and let's just be thinking about us, okay? And especially these first three that I go through. And if, if, look, if anyone has ever told you that you are one of these three, you are going to want to pick this sucker up and you are going to want to read the proverb of the day every day for the next 10 years, just so that, just so that you erase this process. Now, let's go through the first. The first one is the know-it-all. We, we all have somebody in our lives. Don't look at them. We all have somebody in our lives who is a know-it-all. Look what Proverbs says about them. Those who trust their own insight are foolish. Those who trust their own insight are foolish, But anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. You know, so many times I've said, it's good to learn from your mistakes, but it's even better to learn from the mistakes of others. Now, so that's good and that's better, but there's actually a good, a better, and a best. And the best would be that we learn from Proverbs wisdom from above, and we don't make a whole bunch of mistakes. And we live in the benefit of that. Those who trust their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. That's that's the know-it-all. 
The second one is the been there, done that. We all have someone in our lives who that's, you, you say to them, I just, I, 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 I took a hike up Camelback Mountain and their first response is, well, I've done that five times. Because they, been there, done that is, the, look what Proverbs says about them. Fools have no interest in understanding. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. He starts that out by saying, fools have no interest in understanding. Well, compare that to the scripture verse that we have wrapped our arms around for this series, where Solomon says, though it costs all that you have, get understanding. And here he says, fools have no interest in in understanding. So there's the know-it-all, there's the been there, done that, and, and then there's the one-upper. You come back from being, being gone for a month, and, and they say, where have you been? And you say, well, I went on an expedition and I climbed Mount Everest. And their response is, well, I did that without oxygen. They always, always, always have to do better. Look, look, what he, look what he says in Proverbs 12, 15. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Fools are so focused on what they think. They don't, they, what's wise doesn't even matter. And, and, and the scripture says here, the wise listen to others, which reminds me of, of Dr. Stephen Covey, who, who wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And, and one of his one of the key points in his book that I've mentioned it several times is, is Dr. Covey says, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Now, if you're a married couple, you know that, that possibly in, in, in the life of your marriage, Karen and I, for in the life of our marriage, there have been points in time that we were in an intense discussion. Some people might call it a fight, but we, we just call it an intense discussion. And, and, and I am not, when Karen, when we're in the middle of this, and she's giving me her side of this discussion, I, I'm not listening to her, her what she's saying. I'm totally thinking about what it is I'm going to say to come back at her. And when I'm talking to her, she's totally thinking about what she's going to say to come back at me. So nobody is listening. And Dr. Covey says, please, 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 one of you, please just listen. And when one of us is smart enough to do that, I'm not sure who you might think it might be, when one of us is smart enough to do that, to actually stop and just listen, when the other person is finished talking, just because you've been listening, you can stop and say, so this is what I understand that you're saying to me. Because now you've listened and you've heard, and you can repeat back, what she just said. Now, not only have you heard, but she's hearing what you understand that she said. And sometimes that may not even be what she thought she said 
or it may be, but you know what happens? Now there's clarity. There's clarity on both sides and real communication happens. Dr. Covey says, please settle down and somebody listen. Because when somebody listens, everything changes and real communication happens. Proverbs 12, 15, the fool, they think they're right in their own way, but the wise listen to others. Let's talk about the wise. So often in Proverbs, the wise person is called the listener, the listener, the learner. And hopefully this morning, we are lifelong learners. None of us get so old that we think we know it all. We are lifelong learners. That's the wise. Proverbs 1.5 says this, and there are three characteristics here that, that Proverbs shows us. We're going to go right through them. But in 1.5, he says, let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. See, if we're wise and we stop and we settle down and we listen to these Proverbs, we will become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. Everything about this, this Bible is you and I receiving what God desires for us. There are three characteristics. The first is humble. To be teachable, we have to be humble. I've been so privileged to, to hear some of the great teachers of our day. I've been conferences and, and different things. I've, been, I've had the opportunity to hear some of the greatest teachers of our day. And the one thing that I noticed so clearly about them, and, 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 and so many of them, they know so, they know God's word so extremely well and so intimately. But the one thing that I noticed about all of them is they are humble. They have a clear knowledge of God's word, but, but they have a humility that changes the parameters of who they are. Humility is our choice. Humiliation happens, but humility is our choice. We actually get to choose whether, whether we are humble because humility is a choice. And if we choose not to be humble, then we're probably going to be proud, and then humiliation will happen. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We all know pride goes before the fall. Proverbs 11:2 Pride leads to disgrace but with humility comes wisdom. He has just laid it out so clearly in his word. How how do we how do we become wise? That's how we become wise. Pride leads to disgrace but with humility comes wisdom. So a wise person is humble and a wise person has a desire to grow. A wise person has a desire to grow. Doesn't always feel good to grow. When you go to the gym and, and you're working, working out and you're working your muscles, you push it to the point where it's pain. Real growth happens through pain. When I was growing up, any time I had any kind of a pain, my, my mother used to just say, well, you're, you're just, those are growing pains. She said that no matter where the pain was in my body and what it was about. So I, 
I don't think she was being honest. Now, doctors will tell us there are such a thing as growing pains, but I don't think my mom was being honest with us, with every little pain that we had. Growing is painful. You know, we, the easy thing to do to get up in the morning is turn the television on. It's a little bit more difficult to pick up our Bible and open it up to Proverbs and take the time to walk through that chapter of the day. It's easier to just step right up, get into the shower, and go out in our day. The pain that happens in growing is sometimes intense. You know, it, the, the, the scripture says this, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I, this whole process with steel, steel, it, it takes intense heat and pressure to develop steel. And, and, and that certainly would be a painful process. And when iron is sharpening iron, there's friction. It, it's not an easy thing, but, it, but it, brings, it brings this process of a really sharp blade that is unbelievably effective. The, the, the writer just, just gives us this, this picture so clearly. Growth isn't always pleasant, but growth is worth it. And wise people are willing to grow and have a desire to grow. Wise people will embrace correction. Wise people embrace correction. I, I tell you, um, correction is not, not easy sometimes. It's just, it's not easy. And as a matter of fact, the enemy of our soul will tell us it's not correction, it's rejection. See, the, our, the enemy of our soul loves to lie to us about all kinds of things. And it does not want us to see correction as a tool that God uses in our lives. He would just rather say to us, no, that's rejection, and you don't even want to go there. The Bible calls him a liar. But we embrace correction. When you're flying an airplane, uh, Father's Day last weekend was just a great a great day at our house. Uh, not only did it, was it uh, Jordan, Julia, and Wes, and, and Karen and I at, at the house, and we, we grilled uh, some steaks, but, but a niece of mine and her boyfriend came over from Scottsdale, and, and uh, my brother-in-law, who flies for American Airlines, he's flown for many years for American Airlines, and now his son, Cameron Jr., is also flying for American, and they have had the opportunity recently to fly together as captain and co-pilot. And uh, so for Father's Day, they got paid by American Airlines to fly from West Palm Beach out here to, to Phoenix, spend Father's Day with us, and then got paid to go back home. And so we just had an absolutely great time, a great day at Father's Day in my backyard. We just enjoyed every minute of it. It was, it was a really, really good day. Cameron would be the first to tell you, when you are flying from JFK, to Heathrow in London. There's a, there's a direct line that you would fly. And, and over the course of that flight, accuracy is so important because if you get off just even a percentage of a degree when you leave JFK in New York, if you're off just a little tiny bit from the exact degree that you're going, 
you're not only going to miss Heathrow in London, you're probably going to miss England, and you might miss Europe. You might, you might end up in a different continent. And over the course of that flight, the pilot, the pilot constantly is correcting his course. Correction is so important in life. Think about this. When you were in school and I was in school or in our lives growing up with our parents, how many times we were corrected from wrong thinking to correct thinking. Where would our lives be today if we ignored all of that correction? Where, where would we be if, if we just totally ignored it? This is true in the areas of our lives. A couple of years ago, I, I did a series called The Path. It was a book by Andy Stanley entitled The Path. And I think we did a whole series on it. And the point is, in your life and in my life, we are on a path. In our relationship with Christ, we're on a path. And every path has a destination. And when we're, we're walking down this path, we are moving towards our destination. In our marriage, as we're, as we're walking, what's our goal? Is that our marriage would be happy, healthy, God-honoring, and that we would succeed in our marriage in every way. And that's the path we're on. But then all of a sudden at the office, at the water fountain, conversation begins and a meeting keeps happening with someone else. And, and we're thinking, well, this is, this, is, this is just relationships. And it's just a, something that's happening. And it's just a, when the reality is we have stepped off this path to another path because every path has a destination. And this path ends up in a broken marriage. What, what are we, are, in every area of our life, what path are we on? Every path has a destination. We offer Financial Peace University on a constant basis here because all of us know that the finances in our life are an, are an area that so often we mess up and, and, and we want to get on a path that's going to take us where God wants us in financial freedom. And we stay on that path till we get there. This is true in, in our spiritual life with Christ. In every area of our lives, we, we are on a path. And correction is so much a part of staying on our path because every path has a destination. You and I need to know, where is it I want to be? The writer of Proverbs says, though it cost everything you have, get wisdom and understanding because it's that valuable. Look what Proverbs 12.1 says. To learn, you must love discipline. It's stupid, let me repeat that. It's stupid to hate correction. In our house growing up, my dad was a pastor. We were never allowed to say stupid. I love that this version has stupid in the Bible. It's stupid, let me repeat it, to hate correction. In other words, when you and I embrace the pain of correction, we see the results of growth. 
no matter what area in our life is. The pain comes when we embrace it because it's not coming. You go to the gym. If you're just going to sit and watch everybody else, you're not going to get in better shape. You know, over, over, over the years, and just, just looking at me, just, just looking at the ch- changes that God has made in me, in, in my spiritual life, in, in my financial life, in, in my character, in my relationships and in leaderships, being willing. When correction comes, you have a choice. You can resist it or you can embrace it. And if you embrace correction, then you will see the results of growth. Such a big deal. So how do we do that? How do we remain teachable? Proverbs 13 says this, people who despise advice are asking for trouble. Those who respect the command will succeed. What do I want for me? I want to succeed. What do I want for you? I want you to succeed. Verse 14, the instruction of the wise is like a life-giving fountain. That's a good thing. A life-giving fountain. Those who accept it avoid the snares of death. You know, no matter how old we are, every one of us can be a learner. Even if we're a fool, we can become wise. The, the passion that God has for you and for me is that we become wise. There are some things that, that learners do. To, to remain teachable, there are some things that we do. And the first one is this. Learners take the first step. Learners take the first step. I, I want to go to James, the brother of Jesus. You know, it's interesting. When James begins to write to us, James doesn't say, being the brother of Jesus, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, since I grew up with Jesus, doesn't say that. He he never refers to Jesus as his brother. He always refers to Jesus as his Lord and Savior and as his master. It's a whole other arena. Look what he says. If you need wisdom... Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. If, if you're dealing with something in life and you just don't know what to do, James says, the first thing you should do is ask God, and he will reveal it to you. And, and he says, he will not rebuke you for asking. He wants you to ask him. It's interesting, in the first chapter, James says, be slow to speak, quick to listen. James jumps into the same, same message Proverb has given us. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. Don't be afraid to ask. I think we need to do this more often. I think we need to walk up to our boss and we, and whatever, we, we just need to be willing to say, how, how can I be better at what I do? How, how, can I be, how can I serve our company better? 
Husbands and wives, we need to ask, husbands, we need to ask our wives, how can I be a better husband? I know some of us don't want to do that because we don't want to hear what she's going to say. How can I be a better husband? How can I be a better wife? We need to say to God, how can, how can I improve my relationship with you? In, in, our, in our church family, you know, come to someone in leadership and say, how, how can I help? To the people in our lives, how can I help? That's a big deal. How can I help? Learners do. Number two is learners do. All of us are overqualified. I believe that with all my heart. When it comes to obedience, we are all overqualified. James says, don't, don't, don't just be hearers. You got to do. We are, people say to me, well, can we, can, we do an, can we do another Bible study? Everything inside of me wants to say, well, I won't go into what I want to say, but everything inside of me wants to say no. Every one of us sitting here this morning already knows way more than we need to know to do more than we're already doing. We're overqualified in terms of obedience. And, and, and look, what, look what James says here. He says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. Oh, we're back to that fool thing again. You're only fooling yourselves. Another Bible study, we, we already know way too much to apply. We don't need, the church doesn't need more Bible studies. It, it needs to listen to James and have more doers. There's, there, he, he hits us real hard. You know why? Because we hear a lot, but we do little. And, and I'm, I am right there with you. This is not me talking down to our church family. This is me sitting right here with you, turning to my left and to my right and saying, I hear a lot and I do a little. That's why we have a growth track here. That's, that's why we do a class system, which, by the way, is being revised. And this fall, we're going to roll it out. It's going to be called The Journey. It'll be four classes that we are so excited about. But one of the things that we understand so clearly, when someone becomes a follower of Christ, there are three things that are absolutely necessary. If they are going to begin to grow in their spiritual walk and going to begin to grow in the life of our family, the, the first thing is, is our time here together on weekends. That's such a big deal. It's, it's so good that, that we together have chosen to be here the beginning of the week and get together because corporately we're a church family. So the first thing is that we be here on weekends. Secondly, that we be a part of a life group. And our life groups have kind of, we, we stopped for the summer and we'll be launching them again in the fall. But being part of a life group and being here on weekends. And the third thing is actually serving somewhere in ministry on our campus. We encourage people to go to one service and serve in another. That doesn't mean you have to serve every weekend, maybe once a month, twice a month. Many people here serve every single Sunday. But that three-legged stool is, the, is what God uses in our lives to grow us in our relationship with him and keeps us in this camp where James says, don't just be hearers, but be doers 
of the word. It works in my life, in every area of our lives, in our finances, in our relationships, in our marriage, in every area of our lives. Let's be doers. You know what happens when we do those three things? You actually become better. When you do those things, you become, you become a better person. You get better in your relationship with God. And not only do you get better, but people around you get blessed. It is the way God changes people's lives. Learners take the first step, learners do, and learners get better. Learners improve. They get better, constantly growing, constantly learning, getting better. Look what James says about this. He says, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. Wisdom from above, God's wisdom, God's knowledge, God's understanding is never wrong. It is always true and it is always pure. Also, peace-loving gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. So many, he's saying, so many good things happen because we do this. It shows no favoritism and is always sin sincere. When we are seeking wisdom and knowledge, our lives get better. And not only are our lives getting better, but we become more like Jesus. God, God works in ways that are just mind-boggling. But yet he does it. And, and because of it, we become encouraged. And encouragement feels good. And correction in our lives causes growth. Learners just get better. And number four, learners grow other learners. Many of us here this morning, we grew up in church or, or spent years in church and, and, and we, we followed a pastor or a teacher or, or someone in our lives who, who they were a learner. And it was obvious to us that they were a lifelong learner. And because they were a lifelong learner and we sat under them, we became lifelong learners because learners inspire others around them. It is a process that God does. And it is so cool to be a part of it. Look what James says in, in 3.18. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace, and they will reap a harvest of righteousness. Proverbs 19.20, get all the advice and instruction you can so that you will be wise the rest of your life. When you and I get God's wisdom in our lives, it grows roots into our character. It grows roots into our thought process. It grows roots into our spiritual being. And we become something greater than what we were. And we move. We move. We may have been fools, the people that we looked at earlier. <laughs> 
any, any number of, we may have been fools, but because we are embracing God's wisdom, the wisdom from above, he moves us in this process over to being wise. I don't care how much of a fool you were. This is God we're talking about. And this is his process. And he says, my word will never return void. He desires with everything in him that you and I from his word receive. The only thing he wants to do in your life and my life is he wants us to receive. And with Proverbs, if, if we will embrace it and we will take the time, I, I cannot say this enough, to simply read the proverb of the day. If you're willing to get up in the morning, first thing in the morning, and read the proverb of the day, listen, do it for a year. Here's my challenge, church. If you're new to Christ, if, if you're brand new to our church, give God a year. God knows you wasted more than one year. All of us can count the years we've wasted. Give God a year. And in that year, if you do the things that he asks you to do, and he doesn't totally transform you, shoot, I'll go with you to another church because I trust his word and who he is. And everything inside of him simply wants you and I to receive. Let's take him at his word. Let's stand together. Let's pray together. I want you to fill this in before you do. The habit of a teachable spirit produces a life of wisdom. The habit of a teachable spirit produces a life of wisdom. Father, thank you so much. Lord, for preserving for thousands of years your word for us, for challenging us with Solomon's word, knowing that Solomon, the writer of Proverbs, understood God understood that there's nothing that you don't know and that there's nothing you can't do and that the very desire of your heart is that we would turn to you, our designer and our maker and our provider and simply say, wow, and allow you to be the Lord of our lives and live in the benefit of that. And Lord, even knowing how sloppy we get with doing that, you pursued us and sent your son so that we could have a relationship with you forever. Your love is so much greater than I'm sure we can understand. 
But that we do recognize. And with grateful hearts, Father, we open our hearts up to you. And God, I pray for our church family, especially right now, Lord, knowing that the very desire of your heart is that we would simply embrace your wisdom and your knowledge and live in that in a relationship with you. Father, I pray that that you would give through the power of your Holy Spirit, give us the desire to take you up on that offer. Do it in our lives, Father, in in an absolutely powerful and real way. Some of us know, we know we need an absolute change. We know we're on the wrong path and we need to step over on the right path. It's so clear. Give us the courage to ask you to do that in our lives this morning. In your name we pray, and everyone said, amen. Guys, God loves you more than you could imagine, and the very heart of God desires that we take his gift not only of Christ, but of his wisdom. Don't don't let this drift. Let's embrace Proverbs in our lives. And in doing so, we're choosing to move from fool to wise. God bless you guys. Have a great day.